Hello, everyone. This is John Rulin from Spider Goat Games, and you're listening to Legends of Tabletop. Hey, everybody. This is John. And this is Vince. And you're listening to Legends of Tabletop. Creating legends one die at a time. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to episode 115. We've got John with us again tonight. We haven't seen him in a little while, so how's it going, John? Going pretty good. Uh, you know, uh, last time I was on was the martial arts. Um, it was for martial arts, and that game did very well. And now we have a new game on called uh, Dark Web. It's on Kickstarter right now. Yep, yep, it's doing, it's doing okay, right? We were talking a little off the air. We were yeah, uh, hoping to see doing, a little bit better, but yeah, it's not doing quite as well as as we had hoped. Um, it looks like we didn't quite do our uh, as much preparation as we should have to get this game out there. So, um, I mean, we've learned a lot from this campaign. We were kind of spoiled with martial art because the game looked so good. Um, you know, people, we didn't need to get the word out so much as people just found us. Um, but uh, you know, dark web, um, it it doesn't have that sort of. We uh, I mean we're not using the best art from two centuries of you know Japanese art, so. Right. <laughs> it's, uh, it's our own. It's our own thing. It's more of a niche sort of sort of deal, and uh, yeah, we we should have done a better job getting the word out, I suppose. And social media is, is the all-powerful thing these days, especially for Kickstarter, because you got to get the word out there. You got to get it out in people's view and. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if, if no one, uh, I think I talked about this last time on the show, I mentioned it all the time, but, you know, it doesn't matter how good your game is if no one knows about it. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely for sure. Uh, and, and Kickstarter can be hard in that regard, too, because if, you, you know, you get a game like Rising Sun, or you know, got the, the King and Yell RPG going on right now, you get something that's so big, it just sucks up all the attention. That, you know, it, it, it does, but I, I kind of feel like those those big projects take um, they they bring people into Kickstarter who may may then see your game. So you know, I, I used to think you know these mega projects are you know bad for the little guy, but um, I, I don't I don't think that anymore. I think that um, I, I think that more eyeballs on Kickstarter is a good thing. Uh, you know, for for those involved in it. Sure. I think sure. There was actually a a, a bigger Japanese theme, themed game that came out at the same time as martial art, and uh, a lot of our backers had backed that game too. So <laughs> I think a lot of them came there and saw it, and then they saw our game, and they said, oh, I'm in a Japanese mood right now. I'll check out this one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's definitely an awesome theme. I mean, we were talking off air, and I'd mentioned on the podcast before that I was kind of in that zone for a little while. A lot of the games yeah. that I picked up had that, you know, sort of oriental theme, whether it was, you know, a warring things or something a little bit more peaceful like Lanterns. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's it's very engaging. The art is is generally, it is know, yeah. really pops. Yeah. And it, it's, it really has its own personality, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a you know, Japanese sort of theme, you, you kind of – kind of expect certain things out of it and it, it usually delivers art wise for sure yeah. all right well but we're, but we're talking about dark web tonight right design we're, by... talking about martial art. we're not because <laughs> we're going to talk about <laughs> yes we're, we're here to talk about dark web so uh dark web is our new game on kickstarter it's um it is a card game uh it's set in the night early 90s it uses ascii art so if anyone is not familiar with ASCII art, um, if you do a quick Google search, you'll be able to see some. But uh, it's, it's essentially artwork made with characters on a screen, just text. And they make cool images. Uh, you know, back before there were user interfaces, graphical user interfaces like Windows and Macintosh, um, people, would, uh, people would draw pictures on their, on their terminals with, with text. And the the things they they came up with were pretty uh, pretty pretty creative because you know when you can't do much with 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 graphics you can get really creative with text. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. How long was uh, Dark Web in development for? 
Um, about nine months, maybe longer. Um, yeah, it, it was. It's the game we've been working on uh, almost exclusively for the past uh, three months. You know, we tossed around a lot of other ideas. There's that haunted house game that we're still working on, but yet yeah, uh, we've been we've been pretty obsessed with getting it perfect. And it's not quite perfect yet, but we're still. Uh, it, that's just because we're still balancing it throughout the course of this campaign. Sure, sure. Now, do you usually have like a couple of things that you're working on until you, you know, kind of get closer to this point where you're either ready to get on Kickstarter, you're on Kickstarter, and then attention kind of shifts away from other projects? Or yeah, when when we have uh, we usually have several projects going at once, and then uh, when we decide we're going to publish something. Um, we focus on on that thing and make try to make it as good as possible. Um, we'll we will test the crap out of it. Um, we try to get it to that point where um, everything feels smooth, nothing is clunky, um, just really streamlined and really easy to play. The easier to play, the better. It's always a plus. <laughs> All right, the dark web was designed by Adrian Mars. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, art was by, I have a note here somewhere. Oh. Danielle, Daniel Barnett. Yep. Yep. Now what, uh, what have you had like any response in regards to the art? Has anybody reached out to you like, Oh man, that, that gets me in the feels. I'm a kid, you know, you know, grew up yeah. with dial up and you know, all this kind yeah, of stuff. We have. Um, we, we've had, we had some people say, you know, it's well, well, I opened the box and, and it felt like 1987 again. <laughs> and yeah, you know, that's that's what we were going for that retro feel. Um, uh, well, there are also a lot of people who uh, who don't seem to like it. Um, hmm. So we had uh, we had vetted it a little better um, before the campaign by by posting it to people because there are certain things. For example, we have this like matrixy background on it. Um, didn't we all thought it looked really cool, but a lot of people decided or didn't think it, it looked very good on, on that sort of thing, kind of made it look muddy. Um, and so that's that's a thing where we're, we're going to remove from the final artwork. And, okay. and people were saying, when, when it's printed out on a card, it, it looks really good because you can see it and you look at it like, oh, those are little characters. It's not just, you know, another 8-bit graphics game right. that's, been, that's been so common recently. Um, you can actually look at it and see all those, those little characters. Those are... Those are you know, those are letters, and they're actual words in those <laughs> a lot of those uh, pictures there. If you look really closely, um, but um, our our Kickstarter images didn't uh, didn't embellish that as um, as much as we had hoped, and so to a lot of people, um, it would just ended up looking sort of muddy. So um, yeah, I mean, this is this this Kickstarter campaign has been a, a learning experience for us, even though we've already launched run two successful campaigns. Um, and so, yeah, we've been responding to uh, backers and people on Board Game Geek and such about the artwork. And you know, it would have helped if we had done this earlier. But yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> well I mean, you know, go ahead. I was good. <laughs> <laughs> you, go. All, I, you, you go, John. <laughs> okay, so I, I was going to say that that art, as integral as that is to a game, is still you're not going to appeal to everyone necessarily with, with any art. So I mean, in Japanese things like, you know, people are like, ah, I don't, you know, yep. it, it doesn't affect me in one way or the other. So you're just not going to capture some percentage of the audience just based on, on the reaction to the art. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, a lot of people don't like Japanese art. Um, a lot of people don't like ASCII art. And, uh, so, I mean, it, it, it feels like the niche, uh, for ASCII art is a bit smaller than the Japanese art niche. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, it's it's been really interesting um, to see all these things that we that we should do better with our next campaign. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll take this opportunity to say that we're we're thinking of pulling the plug on this one and moving it down the road a couple months um, to to do these things. We're we're, we're still re- reconsidering, but we didn't we didn't get the word out very well. Um, you know, we only have fifty backers right now, and we're we're a week in, and that's not that's not very good. Um, and you know, I, th- I think uh, we're we're going to keep the art, but we need to. It just needs to be presented better, um, because like I said, when it's when it's on that card, it looks looks fantastic, and you want to look at it and read it, and you want to see all those little characters, because it's, it's you know, there's little characters there. It's not it's not just eight bit art, but when it's on the Kickstarter page, it just it just it 
Uh, I mean, it looks good to us because we know what's on it, but um, sure. to other people, it just looks muddy. Right, so, it doesn't uh, pop quite as much. No, no, it doesn't doesn't pop quite as much as as we would hope. So we're gonna, um, I mean, we're gonna continue to evaluate and reach out to people and and uh, you know get more feedback, and we'll 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 see where it goes. Okay, I, I was gonna ask you, and 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 you know that we've kind of got this up, but. You know, each game has a life of its own, and you know, like I said, for martial art, kind of sold itself and and did really yeah. well. Um, but, you know, what has been the thing that's sort of thrown you for a loop for this new one? Is it just? And I don't want to say a lack of preparation. It sounds like you guys aren't, you know, yeah. doing your job three Kickstarters in. But um, <laughs> what's kind of like knocked you around on this one to to say like, what you know, what happened here? Well, um, I mean, I think the main thing was. Uh, I mean, there, there, there are two things really. There's, there's our marketing um, and our presentation of the art. So, um, I mean, we, we had a we had a big email list, you know, a few hundred people from martial arts, and uh, you know, we that was our main marketing uh, thing that we used. And it turns out, you know, not many people who are into Japanese themed historical artwork are going to be into you know ASCII character art and computer hacking. So. Um, so that that went wrong. Um, and we we need to, we just really needed to also generate more buzz. You know, starting months beforehand, we barely did any. Um, and then yeah, the uh, we the other thing we should have done was put the art up for other people to look at and really uh, to really point out what they thought could be improved with it. And we've done that this past week and gotten a lot of very very good feedback. So we're already working on it right now and and so when you do prepare do you do like you know we have a, a, a pretty strong gaming community here in, in tucson we've got you know four or five different you know game stores and you know, you know conventions in the area and everything mm -hmm. um do you get out you know outside to the stores and things and play tests so like you know isle of games is the one that i usually go to you have you know heroes and villains and a couple others yeah um yeah yeah we do um we We've been playtesting it with people um, at Tucson Games and Gadgets and uh, Isle of Games, and uh, yeah, it's gotten it's gotten phenomenal feedback. Um, it's probably, I mean, gameplay wise, it might even be better than martial art. Um, I mean, I, I, and I thought, you know, we, of course, we all think martial art's great. It's a bold <laughs> assertion. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's it goes back to that whole thing of. Uh, you see that card in person versus on the screen, it looks totally different. So we, um, that's, that's where we fell through, I guess, with, with play testing and things like that. Right. Or and, not play testing, but rather, you know, putting the game out there. Right. Right. And what, what was the initial Genesis for the game? Is it just kind of like that nostalgia of, you know, like early nineties, you guys sit around watching the matrix one night, you be like, you know what, it'd be a good game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, we tend to generally design with uh, mechanics in mind first. Um, as I mentioned, I think I mentioned last time, mar uh, martial art was originally a European theme, and then we realized that you know European medieval art's really bad, and Japanese medieval art's really good. And so this this game didn't actually have a theme until uh, we thought up. Um, someone mentioned computer hacking, and then someone else mentioned. Uh, ASCII art, and we're like, whoa, that'd be really cool, because, <laughs> you know, we're all a bunch of nerds, we like, we like ASCII art, um, and yeah, and so that, that's where it came from, um, we had this, Adrian came up with this game that was very, very raw, um, you know, it was nowhere near being uh, ready for publication when he, came, when he first brought it to us, but then we, you know, we started to mess around with it and develop it and moved into that hacking ASCII art sort of, sort of deal. Cool. And, uh, and you were the producer for this one. Uh, what, what does that entail uh, different than, than say the developer? I'm obviously we know what the differences between that and the designer. Yeah. Well, um, so as the producer, I'm sort of more of the manager. Um, I, I do a lot of everything, a lot of coordinating people, um, getting quotes from manufacturers, organizing logistics, uh, communicating with, with uh, communicating with reviewers and such and uh, press, but, you know, like I said, we didn't do enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's so much more to a game than, than designing. Um, I mean, designing is probably one-tenth of the work it takes to get a game out there. 
even if you design a game that's really, really good and you spend lots and lots of time getting it, you know, making it as close to perfect as it can be. Um, there are so many administrative things that need to happen to, to get a game produced. So that's what I've been doing, and, you know, people have been helping with that. But for the most part, it's been a little of everything. Gotcha. Is there a particular particular role you enjoy in, in you know the game design industry that you prefer, you know, one over the other? Or, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, doing doing all the the minutia behind the scenes is probably not a lot of fun. Well, I mean, there is a special place in my heart for spreadsheets, but uh, <laughs> aside aside from that, it, it is nice to be the um, sort of the face of the organization. Um, but of course, I, I do also like I do also, do also enjoy designing games myself. I mean, that's why I started to do this wasn't because I wanted to um, wasn't because I wanted to run a board game company. It's because I wanted to design games. So, designing and developing games is uh, well for most of us. That's what we like to do most. Sure, sure. All right. Well. well uh, let's tell us a little bit about dark web. How does it play? What, what are we looking at? Um, cause we can always, you know, we'll throw this up at, at, uh, you know, later time when, when this does go live, we can, you know, pump all this out over again, or we get a review out or, you know, whatever we can do to help if this is going to wind up, you know, being pulled and, and relaunched. So, uh, mm -hmm. give us all the details on the game. Yeah. So, uh, martial art, or sorry, not my <laughs> and we're trying to talk about dark web. I need to stop. All right. So dark web is a game about uh, computer hacking, and it's it's about pushing your luck, and it's got uh, a trader aspect to it. And so um, essentially, what's going on? All well, the the premise is you're a group of hackers, and you're trying to hack into this evil corporation because corporations and games are always evil, and you have to take them down. And so to do that, you have to find incriminating data files to, uh, to, to show the evidence that there are legal and uh, unethical activities. And uh, so the way that game plays is you're all on the same team, but of course there might be a trader who in this, in this case would be corporate IT <laughs> watching out for you guys. Um, and so you don't know if there's, a, if there's a trader and you don't know who it is, obviously. And um, the, the way the game works is there are four rounds and each round you, you dig into the servers and you, you draw cards, um, and you try to match symbols, um, and you work with your teammates to, to match symbols because you don't score points for single symbols. You have to match at least two together to get, to get a point. Um, and so you have to trade with people, and you have to, uh, you know, uh, their cards, you can let you sort the deck, uh, sort, the, sort the top cards of the deck to put things in place for people to get, um, all while uh, being aware that you might be giving away points to the, uh, the trader. The corporate IT player, so um, it's um, it, it's not quite as much of a social deduction game as you know, like Werewolf or even maybe Camelot. But um, it there is that aspect of hmm, is it has has this person that I'm about to give this card to or these these points to um, done anything that would make me suspect him of being uh, on the other team. Right. There, there is though, I mean, there is some inherently, right? Cause I mean, you know, you pick up your cards and you could just lie about everything. Be like, Oh, I've got, you know, Absolutely. the accounting I've got, you know, uh, I've got human resources. Who can I help? Who want, you know, who has a match? And meanwhile, you're the, you're the IT guy. Yep. Yes. And, and the most effective, uh, uh, IT players do are actually very good at that. Um, you, you, you draw a virus and, and it's, you know, a virus is bad. It doesn't, you, know, you don't want to tell them. You say, oh, I just drew accounting. So, you know, if anyone is accounting, give me accounting. Um, right. And, and it, it's, you have to, I mean, you have to, to play it really well, you have to tell this really uh, intricate series of lies because you have to remember what you, you said you had. <laughs> you can't just look at your hand and say, oh, yeah, I have accounting. You have to, uh, you know, remember that that virus was supposed to be accounting. So right. There's definitely that aspect to it. Cool. It takes about 30 minutes to play. It's for three to five players. Yep, three to five players. Um, it was originally three to six, but it didn't quite work with six, so we dropped that. We're hoping to get it to work with six again, uh, but for now it's just three to five. Okay. The The round counters are really cool. It's like a little digital readout. It starts at four, you know, counts yeah, down to one. Yeah. Four and three are, are green, and mm -hmm. two is yellow, and then 
one is red, which I thought was just neat, kind of caught my eyes. I was, you know, going through the, the Haddle play. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's fun because it feels, you know, it's, it's like it's like time is running out before, um, you know, they lock us out of the servers and we can't get in again. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and, and, and speaking of which, uh, the, the reason it's a push, push your luck uh, game is because when you draw a card, you might draw a lock. And then um, if you if you all, all of you together draw five locks and there are five locks showing you all lose everything you've got in that round. And, uh, and you know, you, you might have three points in your hand, but it doesn't matter if you didn't, uh, if you didn't get out fast enough, then um, those points don't count. You have to, have to disconnect from the round and save your data for those points to count. So if you, if you bust, you draw five locks, that's all those points are gone. Right. Uh, it becomes uh, very exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets tense as you get more and more, and more locks. <laughs> yeah. Because you always, you always have that sort of, uh, that's, that's, that's sort of a, thought in your head you know like that, that that decision to make do i do i push it you know i have i have one of each symbol but only one point but there's four locks showing to want to draw that other card or you know like if i draw this card and i don't don't go out right now maybe uh my player to my left who has three points in their hand might they might uh they might not be able to bank it if i if i draw a lock um you can actually draw multiple locks in one turn so mm -hmm. even if there are two locks showing you can draw three locks in a row it's not likely but it can happen so you all constantly decisions you have to make to to um to play optimally right and make sure you shuffle really well in between each round <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean that, that's another reason we were thinking about maybe doing a relaunch is because right now the the cards are tiny they're mini cards and those are hard to shuffle so okay. uh if we relaunch we would do a we just we would use larger cards we, we've got that's another thing we got feedback on is people prefer the uh the larger cards so um it, that's that was our first stretch goal at four thousand dollars, but uh, you know we're we're just kind of uh, we're not we're not it's not looking like we'll make it there. You know this right. campaign, so we really like to make this game as 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 good as it can be. Now, well, let me ask you this: and was that um, strictly like a financial decision to do the mini cards, or was that more to play the theme of that like? small and secretive you know you're hacking it's kind of like you know something you'd pull out of a pocket to like you yeah know, plug in the jack somewhere or something was it was it more of that um it was it was a little both um it it uh it, it did bring our funding goal down by a bit um which was nice um but not not by a whole lot um but we also thought the cards were kind of you know they're very simple they're just like little symbols in, in your hand so um it was Kind of nice to have those little cards in the small table footprint, but the the issue with shuffling it's a real one. It's a, it's it's pretty fair. When whenever we shuffle uh, the deck, <laughs> we have to just put everything out in the pile and just sort of you know <laughs> like that. You can't just shuffle it, right? Uh, so yeah, I mean, people with larger hands have complained about that <laughs> as well. <laughs> okay, well that's fair. That's fair. The, and so on your hand, um, what I found was interesting that you don't actually start with any cards in your hand. So on your turn, you'll draw a card. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, I guess if you draw a script, so the, the scripts are your action card, so to speak. So you'll, you know, if you draw up a script uh, and like say one of them is the hero, the hero will remove a lock. So you'd, you know, if you have that in the start of your turn, you'd play that, it would remove a lock, it takes you out of the round. Mm -hmm. um, but some of the other scripts allow you to like change cards or, you know, view the, the top few cards in the deck. Um, so that, that's sort of your action economy as it were. Uh, and I found it was interesting that you don't start with anything and there's only four rounds. It's like, wow, that's really harsh. Like you'd think you'd start, you know, three, four five cards and be like, okay, how do we want to, you know, proceed as a group from here? Yeah. Well, I mean, um, it, because the game plays so quickly, I mean, the first couple turns of each round, I mean, each, each round you start with, with no cards at all, so there, there yeah. are four of them. So um, the first two turns of each round are mostly just people drawing and, and you know, saying what they have or, you know, what they want you to believe they have. They're the right, they're right. Couple of IP. Um, and then, then it gets uh, to that point where you're trying to, uh, you, you have you have some sort of um, data files going on and people, people are starting to negotiate with each other, um, you know, what, what is the best thing to do to optimize points? Right. So, I mean, it, it goes fast. It goes fast. <clears throat> cool. That's cool. And then, uh, so the other action that you have on your turn then is if you don't want to draw a card or you don't have a card that you want to play is that you can disconnect from the server and that mm -hmm. allows you to save all the cards in your hand. 
Uh, if you have a virus that will count as negative points, uh, you know, if you have, you know, pairs of, of symbols that you want, then those will count towards your points at the end. And, you know, as you indicated earlier, if, you know, you wind up pushing your luck and you get five locks, everybody's at, you don't get to save anything. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's so tempting to, to want to do that because, um, I mean, symbol matching is one of the, it's just, it's just a really fun thing in games. Uh, when it's worth points, you're like, ooh, I got another point. Ooh, do I want to draw? You know, oh, I, I could get another point, but then, you know, I could also, uh, could also lose right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's... Um, oh, oh, sorry, what was the original question? I kind of locked onto that because it was so... Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about mechanics as far as gameplay, what your options are, is, you know, playing yeah. scripts or... or uh, oh, yeah. Connecting and then, you know, being able to bank your points and, you know, mm -hmm. kind of be safe for the round. Um uh, and I yeah. guess we should, we should say then that, uh, you know, for a, a game that has uh, four black hats, four good guys, which is weird that they're black hats, but all right, we'll <laughs> go with it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's 15 points. And if you have a traitor or a white hat in the game, then you only need 12 points to win. Um, and then, yeah, your, your cards will match, you'll score points. Um, and, you know, it's interesting, too, that so if you have, you know, a four player game, you put in the four black hats, you also put in the white hat and shuffle. So you could play a game with no white hat at all. Yep. And those are the games that are actually actually turn out to be the most interesting because you're trying to figure out uh, toward the end, you're trying to figure out how many points you're going to need to win, depending on who's who. But you don't know like if everyone's acting normal. Um, you don't know if, if someone is actually the white hat and sucking up points or if you actually need you're, – you're all good and you actually need those 15 points to win. So it's it's uh, that big reveal. Sometimes you always know who the white hat is. Sometimes, you know, there is no white hat. And you all flip over and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's like, whoa, all right. You know, <laughs> but, you know, Adrian was acting pretty, pretty, pretty uh, suspicious, but, it, you know, turned out to be a good guy. Yeah. Yeah, well, you get that like in the resistance too. <laughs> yep. yeah. No, why? You, why did you think it was me? I, I voted yes the whole time. Yeah, the hidden roll games are are uh, they're so often like that. It's it's a it's a good dynamic. Yeah. That, have you, what, during playtesting, have you had games where you know people either didn't you know really understand the white hat role or or just was you know so obvious by gameplay that it was just like, come on, like what are you doing? <laughs> Yes, we've had we've had both of that for sure. Um, sometimes there's a really good play that the white hat can do on turn one or two that will um, cost the the hackers a lot of points, but it'll out him immediately. Hmm. You know, just you know, irrefutably. Um, for example, you use a sort script and you say, "All right, there's a there's a lock on top, so so don't draw from that from that server." <clears throat> and then the white hat just goes, "Oh, okay," and just draws it, and then you know, oh. Well, we just lost five points, but we know exactly the right white hat is, so we can play around them for the rest of the game. <laughs> you know? So yeah, the, the games end up very different um, depending on sort of when everyone knows who's who. Everyone when everyone figures it out. Sure, and, and you could just you could remove the white hat and just play all black hats. I mean, you'll know how many points that you need, but it's still you know challenging in itself because it does have that push you know push your luck, luck aspect that. Mm -hmm. You know, just because you know there's not a traitor doesn't mean you're going to win anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, you, you could definitely do that. Um, the the only problem is that um, the, what the white hat adds is that element of uncertainty. So you don't know exactly how many points you have and exactly how many points you need unless um, you know um, unless you know who's who. So yeah. if, if you remove that, then you it just sort of becomes this almost like a mathematical puzzle, but. Um, but with the push your luck element, you know, you can still decide, all right, do I want to gamble right now or just sort of, you know, bank my points and, and move right. on. So, yeah, I mean, we've never, we've never actually played that way, but um, some play testers were telling us they did and they, they thought it was still a lot of fun. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, if you're they're, they're, they're playing it with kids. So I, I think, I think for, uh, you know, younger players, it might be good. Sure. Sure. Well, and it teaches in the elements of a, of a cooperative style game too, you know, when they don't have to worry about, you know, and then if dad's the, the traitor, like, ah! you know, especially with smaller kids, <laughs> you know, I don't know that they would appreciate that quite as much. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> uh, 
Well, that, that's cool. So, I, I mean, if, if you guys wind up pulling it down, is there any um, overall change in mechanics or anything like that that you would be looking at, or the game is, is pretty much going to stay as it is? Uh, mechanically, the game is very, very sound. Um, we're, I mentioned early in, earlier that we were working on balance. We wanted to get it perfectly, you know, as close to perfectly balanced as we can. Um, and, you know, it's, that's just a question of playing it more, and we, we were going to have it done by the end of the campaign anyway. Um, but, yeah, I mean, mechanically, the game plays very, very well. So it's, just, it's really just a question of, um, you know, running a better campaign, I guess. That's all it comes down to. Okay, all right. Um, with with having a few people at Spider Goat Games, does that kind of take the pressure off? Or are you all kind of working on different aspects of the company or, or designing different games? And then when something kind of starts to pick up steam, and then you guys kind of you know shift around or? Yeah, um, it, it it certainly does. Um, you know, we have our artist, and she can throw throw out different ideas for art and things like that 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 we like, or that we can tell her if we like the style or don't like it. Um, the cards, uh, the art she has for the Haunted House game um, is sort of that Tim Burton-y style um, mm-hmm. art, and uh, a, a big reason why I want to push that game through and publish it is because I really like the art. I think it's really, really catchy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and then there's, there are, um, there's playtesting that, that people do. Um, Aaron, for example, is, is good at getting out there and playing it with you know, people who aren't the four or five of us who are you know, typically involved in, in a project. Right. Um, and then you know, Adrian is, is, is good at designing and developing, and, and he, he helps me out behind the scenes with a lot of sort of administrative things as well, um, just sort of getting information for me and stuff. Most of us don't want to actually... I seem to be the only one who really wants to, you know, face the world, which is fine. Which is fine. Well, well, with with that in mind, then, um, are you doing a lot of conventions and things? I think uh, was it CritCon or or Crit AZ was was last weekend. Oh, um, the oh, I don't know. I was not aware of that one. I was I was thinking of Rincon Game Day, which is next weekend. But that, that was uh, I'm not familiar with that convention. Yeah, I, I, it's up in the Phoenix area. Um, came across my feed because uh, Shane Hensley was there and um, a couple other people that that I follow. And I was like, ah, that, you know, we were we were busy last weekend. I wasn't going to make it up there, but um, we we do have some some conventions, you know, within you know two ish hours uh, that are happening at, at different times. So I didn't know if you if you kind of made the the Arizona circuit as far as that was concerned. Yeah, we haven't done too much of the convention circuit. Um, I've been up to a couple game stores in Phoenix and done some demos up there. Um, Imperial Outpost and Game Depot, and those those are great stores. I really like those stores. Great, great people there. Mm-hmm. Um, we we probably don't get to as many conventions as we should, though. Okay, well, I, you know, I mean, that's a you know cost issue and and all the other stuff. I, yeah, I, cost money. It's a big time sink. It's you know, it's 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 tricky. Yeah, and that's long weekends. And we're I'm going to Necronomicon next month, and I just booked my flights this morning. Like, well, I need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's going to be a fun one. We're we're uh, we're actually doing two panels this year, um, and uh, yeah, it, it, it's going to be a fun week. We get to catch up with a bunch of people, and um, I don't know how many games we'll actually play. It's it's mm-hmm. not a gaming. Con- there's a gaming section, but it's not a gaming convention per se. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That should be a lot of fun. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Are, are you going to do RingCon again this year? We're going to do RingCon, yeah, uh, for sure. Um, I think, uh, see, I'm not sure how many games set up, but probably demo or, or run at least uh, all of our all of our three games that we have out and probably a couple extra dark webs. Cool. Uh, yeah, hopefully we will have relaunched our campaign and finished our campaign before then. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, <laughs> We'll, we'll we'll see what happens there. All right, cool. I'm looking forward to that. And you get to uh, hang out with you guys in person. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that'd be fun. I haven't seen you in a while. Actually, since the last RingCon. <laughs> Probably since the last RingCon. <laughs> I mean, you've been on the show since, but you know, it's yeah. not quite the same thing. <laughs> uh, what are you playing these days? Do you have uh, anything that's been hitting the table with any kind of regularity? I uh, played, um, I got Yokohama 
from uh, Tasty Minstrel. Um, been playing a lot of that. Uh, also been playing um, kind of an older game, Chaos in the Old World. It's a Warhammer theme game. I really like Warhammer type stuff. I used to play it all the time when I was a kid. Yeah. Anything Warhammer is like, ooh, Warhammer game. <laughs> it, it, uh, and it's surprisingly good mechanics for uh, Games Workshop. <laughs> Not the <Yeah>. back, but <laughs> they're much better at making miniatures than they are uh, game rules, in my opinion. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's been a really fun game, too. That's cool. Is that, is that one of those ones that plays, like, over the course of a, an entire evening? or? Oh, it's like a two-and-a-half, three-hour game. So it's, it's on the longish side, but it's not a not really an epic, you know, epic game. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's cool. We uh, I I picked up uh, Traumbomb, uh just last week. I, I ran into uh, Seth Jaffe over at uh, at Isle of Gains over there in Tucson, and he was trying to figure it out. He's like, "Hey, you ever played this before?" I'm like, "Nope, never seen it. Don't know what it is." He's like, "Ah, oh, come here, let's let's play this." So I. Uh, I enjoyed it. I, w- I went back and picked it up. Another two player for the collection, so that can be uh, kind of dicey at times. We play games at work, which is cool. The boss doesn't give us too much trouble. Uh, so if I bring two, I got to bring two and two, or you know, we do everything you know with three players or four players. Depends on who's in. Um, but that's cool. I I do probably more gaming at work than I do anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. You know, yeah. you know, Seth, he's got that. Uh, he's got that uh, Crusaders game on Kickstarter right now. It's doing very well. Yes, I, I'm a backer at the the defu- Luxified level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, I, I, did you get to play test that game with him at all? I I hadn't, but he's coming on the show next week. So plug for next yeah. week. Seth, Seth's coming on the show on Friday. Um, so I'd asked him if he was going to be demoing in between now and then. He was like, "Well, I could get it back from um, uh, from Lance." He said, well, what's your schedule like? I said, well, I, you know, whatever. You tell me what's, what's good for you. He said, well, RocketCon is Friday. I think I could get you in. And I'm like, all right, that sounds cool. <laughs> so uh, I'm guesting at a convention on Friday uh, next week coming up, and I'm going to get a chance to play with Seth uh, at the convention. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I played it a couple times uh I don't know, maybe a year, year and a half ago, and you know, still obviously developing it, and it was a lot of fun. I didn't realize it would end up being so big, uh, such a big game, but you know, cool, yeah. a lot of shiny bits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, especially with the deluxified version, you get the metal coins, and you get the the silk screen on the wood pieces, and you know, all the extra little bending. So that, that's that's nice, and they, and they do quality, they do quality work. I mean, I've never seen a, a bad Tasty Minstrel game, so. Yep, not me either. I mean, as far as uh, I mean, there are games of theirs that I didn't like personally, but oh, as far yeah. as production and things like that, yeah, they're they're solid, very yeah, solid. Yeah. Cool. Um, so we'll just say that the you know as of right now, if you're if you're checking this out, the game is fourteen dollars for the base game. Uh, there are some pledge levels that include the other games by Spider Goat Games. You could pick up uh, Martial Arts. There's a uh, a Dark Web Samurai. Uh, where you get the dark web plus the uh, the martial art game. Uh, there's also pledge levels that include gangster dice. Um, so if you're if you're interested, you want to check that out. Maybe get in, show your support. It might not make it, but you know, get in there, show that support, and know full well that it's going to be coming back. So yep, if you're no, this, this, we we will make this game um, one one way or another. It'll get made. So I mean, you know, if uh, not this time around, then you know you can if you want to pledge or just you know even at the one dollar level you can follow us for with our updates and such for uh, the relaunch. Absolutely, I mean it does. It looks like a fun game. I, I'm I'm not always big on the social you know kind of things like you know one of one of our big games is Splendor, which is not like you know we were saying off air. It's like okay, yeah. we just be quiet for half an hour. Yeah, everyone just stare at the board and don't talk to each other for half an hour. And somehow the game's still really fun. But yeah, I mean, you can actually play a dark web without talking much, too, if you want. <laughs> you don't have to make it a social game. Yeah. That's it. Um, a lot of people at first play don't don't realize, um, don't even, don't really try to coordinate with each other too much. Mm. And they end up losing, but, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you're not used to that style of game, I guess it can throw people off where... You know, if you're not familiar with like the co-op style, you're just okay. We're gonna sit down and play a board game, and you know, you're talking about the weather, what happened at work, and it's just you know, 
understand the the base kind of gameplay for it. So that can that can be, um, you know, something where they they play and they're like, oh, I didn't really like it. And it's like, well, you didn't really do it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's, it's definitely a game where you sort of play once and you say, oh, I under, I I get to hang up now and you play again. And it makes a lot more sense. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you had mentioned the uh, the haunted house game. What else do you guys uh, have in the works? What else do you have coming up? Oh well, we have one big game. That's um, well, we're gonna do. We're, we have martial more martial art coming up. Um, another one or two standalone martial art games that will also work with the base game. Nice. Um, I'm early. interested. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, martial arts awesome. So, um, probably coming early next year. Um, and then you know we have larger projects, but don't really have the resources right now to to, to publish them. But uh, Adrian's been working on one game that's sort of a it probably retail for about sixty or seventy dollars to give you the idea of a, the size of it. Um, but it's a it's a dungeon crawl Euro dungeon crawl if that makes any sense. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> very, it doesn't sound fun, but it's surprisingly very very fun. <laughs> so, yeah, it's we we got a lot of stuff in the pipeline. Nice, cool. Um, shit, I had something that just went away. Uh, damn it, I hate when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Happens to me a lot. Consequences. Yeah. You get to a certain age, things just kind of. <laughs> More for me than for you, because I'm old. I don't, you know, you don't, you don't look that old. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know. Um, I get older every day. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear. You. Well, well, that's cool. I mean, it's good to, to you know you've you've got some other things in the work, and we're we're hoping that you know maybe after this interview is the the thing that jump starts and and really blows dark web out of the water. But uh, I mean, if if we picked up suddenly, we would definitely try to try to push through. Um, you know, otherwise we want to make sure this game is as, is as good as possible, as as good as it can possibly be. So um, you know, if it if it doesn't, then we'll uh, we'll cancel and we'll relaunch later, and it will be we will do a better job. Okay, I mean that's you know sometimes it, it just might not be the right time, or you know we're coming in the you know convention season now, so you've got you know people's attentions are being split to other things, and you know spending other monies and stuff. So I mean you know it could be a combination of of other things as well. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah, no. you never know. All right. Well, I do have a, a new set of final five. If you want to stick around for a few minutes, so you can rip through these real quick. Sounds good to me. All right. These are all more uh, strictly like board game sort of related. So uh, throw the first one at you: co-op or PvP? Um, PvP. I think co-op generally has to have something. For example, the trader mechanic in Dark Web to to prevent one player from playing the game for everybody. Um. So yeah, generally PvP. Okay, uh, that's that's my go-to. I you know I play so many games with my brother. It's just like screw you, I won. <laughs> there's there's yeah. nothing more satisfying. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, uh, beer and pretzels, or more along the lines of a deep strategy like a hero game. Um, uh, rephrase the question. Are we talking about actual beer and wine, or are we talking about games? No, like a beer and pretzel style game, something that's okay. you know quick gameplay, fifteen minutes, you know, small uh, footprint on the table. I can definitely go both ways with that. I like basically all kinds of games, from you know the little. Uh, I mean, there's that joking hazard cyanide and happiness game that's basically just um, Cards Against Humanity with comics, and then I can also play you know Rune Wars for five hours. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I do it all. All right. If, if you have the choice between Rune Wars for five hours or, say, like a session of D&D, which way do you go? Hmm. Well, I like to DM, so if I'm DMing, I would probably do that, but uh, otherwise, Rune Wars. Hmm. All right. That's fair. Uh, we touched on this one earlier, but designer or developer? Hmm. Hmm. Subtly different. Yeah. Probably designer. Okay. More fun, okay. right? Yeah. But you can't, uh, you know, can't can't always design. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, small cons or large cons? Small. So like a, yeah. I like ring cons. Ring cons are great. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same, you know, 500, 700 people for the whole weekend. You just keep running into the same folks. And 
playing games. You know, you get Gen Con as the experience of Gen Con, but mm. <laughs> yeah, I have not been to Gen Con, but it, it sounds. Uh, I mean, it sounds really, really amazing, but it also sounds uh, a bit stressful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all all the uh, people. It, I mean, it's nice to to be able to get to like like for us for the podcast. You know, we talk to so many people, and everybody's there. So to to get an opportunity to get out and like you know meet everybody in person, and be like, ah, we talked to you about you know so and so. Like that's cool. But that um, does sound really cool. It, it's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we may have to limit it to sixty thousand people because Cle or what is it, Indianapolis? I think. Right, that's where it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it can't. They don't have the, um, the hotels and infrastructure to support more, <laughs> more people than that. I don't know if they. I think last year was was the big. You know, like as every year previous is bigger than last year. Um, I don't know. I mean, there must be some maximum. I mean, they only really fit so many people in the convention center and and that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. It wouldn't surprise me if they had to at some point. I mean, you can only yeah, get so many people. <laughs> It's it's really cool how board games and tabletop games uh, are are just exploding these days. No, it's it's definitely awesome, and it, it's cool for for me to be like, you know, in an ancillary fashion related or or invested in some way to to kind of help and promote that by you know having guys like you on, you know, talk about the cool games that you guys are producing, and you know, sort of try to help get the the word out for the little guy to be like, hey, these are cool things too, and you need. Go check them out and back them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's cool. It must be uh, you know, cool to be a part of it because you get to talk to people like me, and you get to talk to people like Seth. So you know, <laughs> all mm -hmm. kinds. Yep, we're all over the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and the last one I have is uh, celebrity. I don't know if you're a pod, you know, podcast aficionado, but uh, celebrity podcasts versus you know Joe Blow in his basement. Joe Blow in his basement. Hmm. All right, that's where I'm at. <laughs> Actually, technically, I'm in my what should be my dining room, but um, yeah, you know, I, it's it's interesting with the resurgence of, of board games and geek culture and you know, Big Bang Theory, which whatever. But you know, to have that sort of spotlight on on nerd things now. Yeah. Um, that, you know, you've got people like, you know, Brian Posehn and Matthew Mercer and, you know, all these guys out there doing podcasts and some of them are good. Some of them are not very good, mm -hmm. but you know, they, they suck up a lot of those, those viewers, those, those people mm -hmm. want to interact and, and, you know, experience that. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's whatever I, you know, I, I wonder, you know, internally sometimes, you know, if it, if it's a good thing, like you say, with the big, you know, projects with Kickstarter brings people in the door and then maybe introduces them to some, you know, smaller podcasts or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, I mean, people's podcast time is going to be limited, I suppose, just like the way their gaming time is going to be limited. But, um, you know, if someone hears about some celebrity who has a podcast, you know, they don't listen to podcasts, they might start listening to podcasts. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a foot in the door. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on. I, I wish that, that you guys were, you know, in, in a better place right now with the, with the Kickstarter. We were hoping to get you on and you'd already funded and you were smashing through stretch goals and, yeah. you know, we wanted to just kind of help you ride that <laughs> wave, but I guess that's not where we are. Yeah, not quite, but, uh, you know, it's, we have a lot that we can improve on. So we, 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 We've learned a lot from this. Cool. And, that, and that's a takeaway there. I mean, you come back stronger than before. You apply mm -hmm. those lessons and you make a, not that you make a better product because it's a good product, but, you know, maybe present it in a, in a better fashion. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're looking at, the, the presentation. Yeah, yeah. In the case of this game. Right. So we have links in the show notes. So like I said, go and check it out. Uh, pledge your support. Um, you know, maybe it'll pick up from here. Maybe not. You bookmark it, come back. You know, it's going to be coming out later. Um, already had two successfully funded Kickstarter. So it's not like, you know, there's some unknown quantity here where, you know, you, you yeah. have things to worry about. So, yeah, we, I mean, we've successfully delivered to, you know, on time and everything we, well, close to on time. Maybe like a month late, but you know, 
everything we delivered was what we said we would, and there was, uh, and we we know what we're doing when it comes to lease production fulfillment, <laughs> marketing not quite so much. <laughs> <laughs> that is the tough part. <laughs> yeah, very tough. Yeah, well, the the social media stuff just sucks your hours away out of your day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything else you want to throw out before we uh, get out of here? Nope. Um, I think we, we covered a lot of good stuff. I uh, really appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. I appreciate you coming on. It's always a pleasure. You coming back means I'm doing a good job because you wanted to be here. So that's awesome for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's cool. We've got links for everything in the show notes. Even if you don't back the Kickstarter, even if the Kickstarter gets pulled, check out Spider Goat Games. They're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. You check the website. All that stuff is in the in the show notes down there. Uh, you can also find links to this on our awesome website. It's legendsoftabletop.com. We're on Twitter at Legends Tabletop. We're on Facebook, iTunes, hopefully SoundCloud. I don't know. They're going bankrupt, so we may be looking at some other solutions for podcasting. We don't know. Hopefully, they get bought by somebody. Uh, we're on the, the Podchaser beta, so if you want to get in there, you can use code Legends of Tabletop, all one word. Get in there, leave us a review. We'd appreciate it. That helps us out tremendously. Same thing for iTunes or any of your other pod chasers, catchers, wherever you're getting your podcast from. Leave us a review. We would totally appreciate it. Uh, we hope to see you out at some conventions. We're going to be at Necronomicon. Maybe we'll see you there. Um, buy Bird's Coffee. Send Neil an email. Tell him you want the Legends brew. Uh, we have to finalize all that stuff. But anyway, you know, buy Bird's Coffee. Sponsors the show. It's fantastic. I want to again thank John for coming on and uh, coming on talking about Spider Go Games and all the cool things that they have going on over there. Yeah, lots of cool things. Thank, thank you very much. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks, everybody, for checking it out. Thanks, for Jeremy, for popping into the chat. I know we didn't get a chance to chat tonight, but... Appreciate you being there, buddy. Thank you so much. And we'll catch you all next time. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.